Hey everybody, thanks for listening to the Good Life EDU podcast. We wanted to start today's episode off by just saying thank you to our loyal listeners who have really tuned in in large numbers here over the last month or so. Uh, we at the ESUCC do this as an opportunity for us to share out communication regarding Nebraska initiatives, but also to provide some free and on-demand professional learning for anyone who wants to tune in, whether you're a Nebraska educator or otherwise. Uh, and it has been really encouraging to see that um, this month we had the most downloads in the history of the show. Uh, we had one day actually even last week where we topped out over 500 downloads in a day. And from that data, it does illustrate that our listenership is listening to the majority of each and every episode that we're able to put out there. And so um, I want to say thank you uh, to the listeners. Thank you to our great guests and the educators who are doing amazing work that are willing to share through this avenue. Uh, And so we hope that you enjoy this episode in the same way that you hopefully have all the others preceding it. And we're just grateful for your continued listenership and support of education. Thanks. And now enjoy the pod. Welcome to the Good Life EDU podcast presented by the Nebraska ESU Coordinating Council. I'm your host, Andrew Easton. Thanks for joining us as we discuss the latest in digital learning across Nebraska and around the country. All right, welcome everybody back for another episode of the Good Life EDU podcast. And I'm excited today for us to have a conversation about some of the work that's going on in Nebraska in the area of world languages. And world language acquisition is just fascinating to me on a personal level, to be quite honest. So I'm really excited for today's opportunity uh, to learn from Crystal Liu, who is the world language specialist at NDE, and Dr. Nick Ziegler, who's a world language coordinator and technology integrationist at ESU5, as they're going to share a little bit about their work that they're sharing out across the state, leading with cognition and how to implement uh, Nebraska's world language standards, which it's my understanding that that is something that was established pre-pandemic. And we know that the various conditions within which professional learning has happened from 2020 to now has been challenging to say the least. And so great opportunity to revisit those standards, to learn about some of the work that's going on in those spaces to support teachers. And really, whether you're a school leader, uh, a tech integrationist, one of our staff developers in our state, this podcast will help you gain insights as to what resources are available to help our world language educators in Nebraska as they work towards the implementation of those new standards. And so with all that being said, Crystal, Nick, welcome to the pod. Thank you much. Thank you. Yeah, and I want to ask, I guess, from the top, Nick, uh, will you give a little bit of your backstory with support of world language specifically here in Nebraska? Sure. So I've I've been at ESU5 for about 12 years, and in that time, I started as a world language teacher, uh, teaching via distance learning. I then transitioned into a staff developer focused on tech integration, but was also deeply involved in NILA, Nebraska International Languages Association Executive Board, for four years. Uh, for the past five years, I've been the world language coordinator where here at ESU5, where this year we have seven educators uh, teaching via distance learning to 16 different school districts across the state. Yeah, and if you want to learn more about that particular effort, we did a podcast not too long ago uh, with Superintendent Barry Schaefer talking a little bit about what DL courses are provided and how that works in our state. And it specifically highlighted Nick's efforts at ESU5. So make sure that you go back and check that episode out. Uh, Crystal, welcome back on the pod. It's been about a year since we had a chance to visit with you last in this format. And so for those that are not familiar with you, can you give a little bit of an introduction? And, and with that, uh, I'd also invite you to talk a little bit to this idea of uh, the challenge that this work 
poses. Uh, and as you shared before we start recording today, the opportunity that exists there. Hi, I'm Chris Lanou, and I'm the World Language Specialist at NDE. My journey becoming our World Language Educator is really dramatic. I came to the United States as a visiting teacher, so I learned everything the hard way. <laughs> so classroom management and everything, but through my experience, I really understand how hard a daily workload for teachers might be. I mean, there should be a lot of support and also a lot of collaboration among teachers. And that's why I really want to do something for teachers when I came to this position. So as we all know, the World Language Standards of Nebraska was approved in 2019. But three years later, we're still trying to implement the standards because we have pandemic in between. So with teachers not very familiar with the standards, and we are trying to roll out the standards, we are really facing big challenge because the standards is not something new and people are focusing on what they are doing right now. At the same time, in Nebraska standards, there is a strength that does not exist in standards in other states or in the national standards, that's cognition. So we do not have any successful examples or even and examples to refer to. So we are trying to implement a new standards without reference. At the same time, teachers are not very familiar with the standards. So when we trying to decide our process of uh, implementation, Dr. Ziegler and I came across the idea of restructuring our standards, the five strands, and we figure out that Actually, cognition should be in the center of standards implementation because cognition means learning about learning. So it refers to metacognition actually in our standards. That means we need to lead students to think about their learning in different aspects, communication, culture, connection, uh, connection and community. So actually we can use cognition to lead students to grow their learning strategies and skills in other four areas. So the challenge becomes a chance for us to try out a new way to implement the standards. Uh, and I absolutely love that reframing of taking something that is, yeah, absolutely a healthy challenge and just looking at it as an opportunity to place cognition at the heart of, as I understand it, right? It is the thread that binds, I guess, them all, all together. And so um, I would ask, why is that? Let's dive a little deeper into why that is located at the heart of this work. Because cognition means thinking about learning. So in the whole process, when students are learning communicative skills, learning about intercultural communication, and making connections to other content area, and how to use the language, to involve in community activities. All this involved thinking process and how to build their skills. That's why we introduce cognition because cognition, when we talking about it, we are actually refer to using their cognitive skills to think about the process of learning in that for other areas. Thanks for the clarification with that. And then that Obviously, then, as we noted, is a challenge, especially if there is no national conversation with regards to cognition serving in that capacity. So uh, with that, 
what is your collective vision for helping to embed something that is maybe that foreign to this conversation to make it an integral part of how teachers understand their work? Um, when we talk about where we start, we want students to understand their own learning process, and we want students to have an idea of how they are doing. So that's why we start with self-assessment documents. So we are creating self-assessment documents on five proficiency levels to help the teachers and students get started. Actually, there are self assessment documents on different levels are created based on Nebraska word language standards. To say it in a different way, the self-assessment document is Nebraska word language standards in student-friendly language. And differentiated, if I'm not mistaken, in my understanding of how this works. And so what would be the levels that are differentiated out there, just briefly by mention? Typically, a Spanish one class would have a proficiency goal of somewhere around that novice mid level of proficiency. So we started there at novice mid and then built out self-assessment documents for five different levels of proficiency. So starting at novice mid, that might be a first year goal of moving to novice high, maybe a second year goal. Then we continued into intermediate low mid and high. And that's got to be really great for learners to have a clear sense of where they are, uh, where they would like to go, and the, as I said, clear communication of what it would look like to arrive at the same goal. And, and it's just great for learning uh, in any aspect, in any content area uh, or situation for that matter, uh, but great that it is explicitly outlined in these levels documents. And I feel like it's a kind of a two birds with one stone situation. I mean, we at the same time, we want to help our students understand what it is you're going to learn in this class. We also want to help our educators address those standards. And so our hope is that by having these documents ready for use, a teacher is able to see what it is they're going to be teaching, as well as the students to see what it is they're going to be learning. Yeah, at the same time, I want to just to add a little bit about the background, why we are using uh, cognition, because research has shown a positive impact of self-assessment on student self-efficacy, intrinsic motivation, student perceived task value, capacity for autonomy and teacher rapport and learning outcomes. So, Leading with cognition and help students understand their learning process by implementing self-assessment activities, I think it's really valuable, not only for students, but also for teachers. I think this is a direct connection to some of the work that we've been doing in the blended learning arena as well. Uh, across content areas, we've been promoting the idea that educators incorporate empower learner activities at a unit level, asking students to self-assess both prior to learning and after learning to think about learning strategies that they use to learn throughout the unit and to really help the students at, on the back end through reflection connect the dots between learning outcomes, achievement, and that effortful use of effective learning strategies. 
in the world language classroom, that's written directly into our standards that we need to address cognition, that by addressing cognition, we can help our learners drive their own bus, so to speak, through that learning process. To take a step further, we also want to include a smart goal setting so students can personalize their learning goals while setting goals for their own learning. I'll follow up. When we think about setting SMART goals in the world language classroom, typically we're thinking about products in that presentational mode of communication, allowing for students to have some degree of choice or voice in how they're showing you what they know. The communicative objectives might remain the same in that students, I don't know, maybe it's I can introduce myself, but now allowing for students to choose how are they going to show you that? That might be in an essay, that might be in a quick recording, a voice recording, but we want to help students develop those goals in a smart way. Crystal, you wanna expand on smart? Yeah, when we talk about setting smart goals, we all know that we are talking about specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, in timely goals. So for example, from a Chinese class, their class objective for the unit can be, I can ask and answer simple questions about likes and dislikes in Chinese to help students to personalize it as a SMART goal. And we can do, I can record my conversation with a Chinese friend about likes and dislikes using yes and no questions and what questions at the end of the unit. So we are making it specific because we are only asking about likes and dislikes. We make it measurable because the student chooses recorded conversation so that he or she can send it to the teacher for assessment. Achievable because we are only talking about yes, no questions and what questions in Chinese, not whole lot. So. To be realistic, the students choose to talk with their Chinese friend instead of talk to somebody over in China. So that's realistic and timely. Students need to finish it at the end of the unit. So while setting the goals, he has his own choices. That's what we call to personalize learning while modeling goal setting. For the teachers need to model goal setting and that lose at the end and allowing students to make their own choices. Well, what I appreciate in seeing this, and I, I find myself sometimes landing in this place with the myriad of conversations that, that they're all interconnected, right? And so there, there's a big push for making sure that we have quality instructional materials. And so this is uh, an effort to bring those types of things around in teacher support. And I, I love, you know, what you had to share uh, with regards to how these proficiency documents clearly communicate expectations for learners, the benefits that come with that. Uh, and then also what that would mean for me as a teacher to be data driven in the work that I'm doing. So it's kind of like, you know, talk about that bucket of work too. And that uh, if I look at the data from the various proficiency documents and recognize that there is a certain aspect that universally needs to be uh, enhanced or addressed with greater intentionality by me as the classroom practitioner that, that this type of support would do that. And uh, as you alluded to it as well, Nick, 
Uh, there's a blended learning component to this. That's at the heart of the, those self-assessment pieces where this is embedded in some of the social studies efforts that are being made. And when these resources exist, not only does it help with the quality of the materials, but then it takes a little bit of a burden off of the educator, which Crystal alluded to as well. Uh, and now we're talking about trying to address teacher shortages, teacher health and wellness. And like it, it, it is fun sometimes when you step back for just a moment and look at the way in which all of these conversations, which might seem to be their own bucket of work or independent circles, in all reality are a Venn diagram. And I really uh, appreciate and just wanted to take a clarifying moment to point to how integrated this conversation is uh, across a number of others. And so in, in highlighting even that social studies effort, for example, I know there was some work that took place this summer and it, it was alluded to, I think, earlier in the pod so far in what we've recorded the, to this point. But just uh, if you could share out a little bit about some of the efforts made to create these resources. Yeah. Uh, during summer, we actually had a OER hub development for web languages. Um, we invited 16 teachers. We created some materials at the same time. We also learn about OER development. So we started with the revisiting the standards and the discussion about the structure of the standards. And then we have teachers in groups to develop proficiencies, level specific documents for self-assessment in student-friendly language. Based on that, we also invite teachers to vet materials in OER to align to Nebraska standards. So there are around 65 documents in OER, Nebraska Hub specific in what language for teachers to use. Wow. Well, and there's another one of the buckets of work, right? When we talk about <laughs> OER development, right? And then that this is, again, integrated across a myriad of fronts. And so with that, then, and with those documents being available, really the call to action for today's conversation is use them, right? Like the, the implementation of those pieces uh, and doing that with fidelity, consistency, right, Nick? That's right. There are two different kinds of documents that are that are created. One is a checklist document, and the second document is a circles document. Both of them are written for a specific level of proficiency. Both of them address all of the different strands. The desire is that we do implement these in your classroom. These are course level self-assessment documents. Potentially, this could be done at the beginning of the academic year. If you didn't do it this year, that's okay. Let's do it right at Christmas. Let's do it in the middle and then do it again at the end. I mean, these documents aren't designed for students to self-assess every unit every day. These are course level experiences that, that really address what are you going to learn throughout the entire class, the academic year. So hopefully that we do this at the beginning, maybe then at the middle, and then at the end, we can see real progress over the course of the academic year. Well, and there might be those in our audience who would then ask, to what degree does this influence grades, right? So if this is a way for me to, to monitor progress, is it there for the communication around what skills I have and then grades would be a separate piece or are these pieces, um, to what degree is there a connection between what we think of as our traditional ABCDF scoring? 
these documents are really intended to be formative assessments. I mean, there is good research that suggests that the more frequently you self-assess, the closer your self-assessment will get to your achievement, your grade in the classroom. And we want to help our students understand where they are. I mean, that's, that's a key foundational component for, for being a self-regulated learner. I need to have an accurate understanding of where I am in relation to those objectives so that then I can think about where am I going, that goal setting piece, and finally, how am I going to get there? So these documents are not intended to be graded. These documents are intended to help guide learning in your classrooms. We are also suggesting teachers to use this self-assessment documents to lead discussion, self-reflection on learning process, learning strategies. And they are also their students' proficiency level. So kind of modeling for students how to do goal setting, how to do self-reflection on learning process and how to evaluate whether their learning strategies work or not work, how to make the change for the better. I think the documents can also help inform our, our educators when they are looking at their scope and sequence documents and potentially help them to identify maybe some gaps. Where can we make our curriculum just a little bit more robust so that we are addressing all of our state standards? I absolutely love that because I, I think that that Collectively, this communicates so much more than a 75% and the letter C, right? And, and so really grateful that this is part of the vision because, I, as you mentioned, it benefits not only the learner, but the educator who's implementing these. Uh, and to have done that at all five levels across multiple languages, I'm sure was quite a lift this summer. And so I certainly want to like underscore that and thank both of you for your leadership in that effort to support our world language educators statewide. Uh, I certainly um, want to say to both of you, Crystal, Nick, thank you so much for your time, uh, for your leadership, and for the efforts to support, I would say, obviously, world languages, but education more broadly with models like this, right, where we're talking about levels of proficiency and helping to communicate those in a way that helps students to set goals and really focus on being metacognitive in their learning. Uh, just love that you're advocating for leading with cognition. And thanks for taking the time to do that on the pod today. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity.